audio check. Now, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of RX Radio. Um, we are continuing our Magellan RX series uh, for Pharmacist Month. And I have with me Dr. Matthew Brazier. And I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day, just kind of hearing the other interviews. It sounds like you guys are extremely busy. And I just it's surprising that anyone ever said yes to kind of taking the time to, to talk with me here. So thank you for that and no welcome problem. to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, we're going to get into kind of what you're doing day to day and what your role is like here. But can you first just give us a little bit of background about you, kind of like where you're from, what school you went to, any experiences you had before Magellan? Yeah. So I uh, am originally from northern Maine, very far north uh, near Canada. Oh. And we um, don't... at the time we didn't have pharmacy schools in Maine, so really the choice I had was um, the University of Rhode Island or the University of Connecticut. So I picked uh, URI in Rhode Island and came down here and did my um, uh, six-year program in Rhode Island. And then I wanted to go as far away as I could originally, so I got a job in the Caribbean to start as a pharmacist. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's super interesting. Okay, and we have to talk about that. <laughs> it was for uh, an independent retail pharmacy in in uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, wow. and it was a it was an awesome experience just because the the lifestyle is different. Um, you it, they just follow federal law down there, so you don't have to take a separate law exam. Um, so reciprocating my license was really oh, easy. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, it was basically retail pharmacy kind of on island time and uh it was a good learning experience and there's you know there's a lot of turnover down there so you can move up in the pharmacy chain pretty quickly to managing a store because of the the turnover mm -hmm. so i got to do that and so it was that's it was super neat. interesting <laughs> oh, man. how long did you do that for i did it for almost three years and um i still think my favorite part was we had a couple pharmacies on St. Croix, which is a little, a little boat, boat or a plane right away. And so some mornings I took a seaplane to work in the Caribbean, and I will always remember that. That's <laughs> so, so fun. cool, man. <laughs> but, no, no, none of you guys are going to have that type of experience. I bet you that. <laughs> uh, but that is really interesting. Yeah. Cool. And then, um, and then so just to finish this story real quick, my uh, brother started having babies, so I moved back to New England and worked for a – um, retail and LTC pharmacy in Maine, um, where we do a lot of compounding as well for a number of years. Then my wife got a job in Rhode Island. So we mm -hmm. moved down and I um, found my gel when I came here. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So what's your current role here? What is it um, that you're officially titled with? So I'm one of the senior clinical pharmacists here. Okay. Um, so we are in what we call the um, the call center or the CSC. I don't know if anyone has, mm. has said that before. No, first time. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm the only one yeah. from this <laughs> side. So essentially we, um, you know, everyone here other than us develops the programs, figures out the ins and outs with the health plans and whatnot, and then kind of gives the team that I work on the work to do. Mm -hmm. So if they come up with a, um, you know, a new uh, program to help boost a star rating for a health plan, um, 
after everything's worked out, they give it to the team that I'm on and we execute the program with the prescribers and the patients. Gotcha. Okay. So you're more like the operational almost side of things in yeah. terms of like yeah. direct operation. Like, all right, we got the plan. Let's, let's go in and execute. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. So we're the kind of the, we do the, the grunt work, yeah, you yeah. know, and then people wait for the results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit waiting, tapping your, your, your hand there waiting to yeah. <laughs> see a response from them. That's cool. And, um, what's, so what's your day to day like? So, you know, you show up in the morning, um, walk through the doors, sit at the desk. What's like a normal day to day? I know. And I, and just from experience from all the other, you know, interviews, I, I know it's always different, but, you yeah. know, especially when you get to certain roles like these where it's out of the, the repetitive clinical practice. But what's a general day to day like for you? So our day um, and you're right, it is uh, different a lot of days. But for the team I work on our day, what would be consistent is um, working on these programs, whether it's medication therapy management and doing uh, um, CMRs or comprehensive med reviews or, you know, some of the little um, niche programs like the star rating programs like I was talking about. Um, but what we all have in common for that is we just sit down and we have a giant queue of patients and prescribers we have to call and we just slowly chew through the queue. So it's different from a lot of other pharmacy jobs in that the work is there, but it's not dumped on your face and you got to do it while someone's waiting for their yeah. med, you know, you, it's uh, more self-motivating, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So we basically just, just chew through those cues of, of members and prescribers and, and uh, yeah. whatnot. So I think it's super interesting that you went from a pharmacy, a pharmacist in the Virgin islands and then to long-term care and then to managed care. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'd like to maybe hear about some of the steps or, or what you were doing maybe that might have been different um, in doing those roles to maybe get to a position that you are now. And, and the reason I'm asking yep. is to maybe help people that are saying, okay, I want to do I want to do a role like yours. I want to get there. I'm, I'm kind of either burnt out or they're just not feeling like they want to be, you know, the next 10, 20 years in the current role and they yep. want to get something like yours. Like what kind of steps are they looking to do similar to what you did? So fortunately for the team I work on, um, a lot of folks come over from retail. Mm. Um, the retail skills transition over just fine. You know, let's say you start doing um, uh, medication reviews with members. The Yes, there's still a lot of learning to do to do mm. that um, effectively, but the retail skills transition over real nice. Um, for me personally, I think what helped me a lot was uh, my the bulk of my work um, in Maine at that pharmacy where we had we did have long-term care so we were out in nursing homes dealing with the elderly population uh, because here we for the most part we deal with with um, uh, 65 and up or people on mm-hmm. Medicare that's not a, a hard rule but for the most part that's our age group um, so I had some of that LTC experience um, and then I, the pharmacy in Maine, just because Maine's kind of set up different where, um, you know, sometimes people might have to drive half their day to get to your pharmacy and back, you know, because it's so rural at some yeah, point. Interesting. So the pharmacies up there, you end up getting a different kind of retail experience than mm-hmm. down here. You know, you have um, 
you're more involved with the docs and the hospitals and the patients because they're not you're kind of the middleman between everyone and people don't switch pharmacies a lot because there aren't a lot to go to whereas if you're in a um, a more populated place some people bounce around all the time mm-hmm. but um, so I so for me personally I think that played in well for me that mm-hmm. just kind of being in a rural pharmacy that did everything well um, including compounding so that helped me transition into here with yeah. you know dealing with the old folks and and my retail experience. so it sounds like being in that rural area you almost have to focus like you're almost forced to give special attention to everyone yeah normal than like what would be in like the busier community pharmacies let's say yeah it's it's very different and uh you know because you you know the docs more and, and sometimes you even have their cell phone numbers you know <laughs> hey bob come on yeah. man emoji like poop face emoji what kind of crap is this <laughs> you know we did have some docs so there's a, a pediatrician in town um that he was nice but easily aggravated mm-hmm. and uh he we had his cell and he did he would say um text me if it's important if not i don't want to hear from you so we would actually text the doc <laughs> And he would call us back, but uh, we kept the emojis to a minimum. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of poop emojis left and right. Or like question mark pill tablet. Like, where's the refill? (laughs) You get like a, send him like a, um, what are those things like the key to like know like, all right, if I send you this, this is what this means. If I send you this, so if I send you a pill, like a legend. So if I send you this pill, it means where's the refills? (laughs) We need to refill RX for this. If I send you the vomiting emoji, we have a sick child. That's super funny. Um, so let's talk about like the future of pharmacy. So I mean, like, what are your thoughts just on where like the industry is going, and to maybe like, you know, kind of seeing all the changes that's happening. I mean, you're obviously you know you have a different view of things being on you know um, working from Magellan, but just seeing all the different changes, whether it be acquisitions or technologies coming out. What, what are your thoughts on where kind of the future is going? I. So we can, we do kind of think about this a lot, and it, I've. I'll say two different things. One, um, I know that what I've experienced working here and working for health plan clients, that um, Medicare plans especially have a lot more on their shoulders. They, you know, for example, I'll use an example I already used, their their star ratings, which um, in case folks aren't too familiar, um, a star rating is what a Medicare plan is, is uh, um, rated on that's kind of publicly visible mm-hmm. and you get more money and more kind of perks the higher your star rating is and there are a ton of programs that can help boost your star ratings so it's there's a lot of incentive for Medicare plans to do that because they can get more money per patient or per member sometimes um, their plans are more visible people can enroll throughout the year instead of just in a specific time the better their rating so being on that side of things and seeing how much is on the health plan shoulders, I know that this kind of work isn't going to go anywhere Mm -hmm. and probably just become more involved as we try to pioneer this landscape. So it, it's nice from a job security point of view too. That's really interesting (laughs) though. I've, I've never really thought about this as being a job security conversation um, due to that. So that's interesting to think that, you know, it's probably an important niche for people to start maybe learning towards or, or shifting towards if that's what they're looking for in terms of yeah. job security and kind of being a part of what the future entails. 
and I know, I mean, I, I'm not super into politics, but I know that things can change politically real quick. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, it seems like this is how Medicare is going to grow. So that's why I'm excited about the job security. So I try not to think about, you know, if politics change and things go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We might start getting more text. I mean, Trump, I just got a text message from Trump. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. The, the presidential alert. Yeah. <laughs> it worked, I guess. It did work. <laughs> we all got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we got the message. Um, you could have tweeted it, though, I think. Uh, we all oh, no. just as effective instead of making me panic. <laughs> like, what is going on? Is there a tornado? Like, oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so all right, back to the uh, kind of the future pharmacy and the plan. So I think you, you had two different things. Oh, so yeah, one yeah. was like on the, yeah. Um, so another thing I, um, you know, re- retail is just so, uh, you know, it's what most people think about pharmacies. And, you know, it's one of a lot of our friends work as, you know, retail pharmacists and whatnot. And I do think retail is gonna, going to be interesting. I think it's, I think it's tough for corporate because they have you do so much more with less but from what I you know what I can what I gather from reading it seems like eventually retail might take a spin where maybe the technicians are doing a lot of the the fill work that pharmacists Mm -hmm. are doing now and some of the verification work and maybe that could free up the pharmacist to do more pharmacist related things instead of just uh, you know counting 30 statin pills over and over that could be a little me being wanting to be idealist too and just hoping that that's where it goes but i i'm hoping that uh some of the grunt work can be pushed off onto qualified and and educated technicians so it can free pharmacists up from doing some of that yeah there's some pharmacies now which i'm not sure if you've heard of this but there's some pharmacies that are piloting like tech check tech um, processes where okay. the technicians are verifying the product. Gotcha. And, and um, I'm not sure if they're verifying the prescription per se, but maybe matching the accuracy prescription. But um, I know in Europe they have um, what's called verifying technicians, and the technicians are actually not clinically verifying, but they're verifying the prescription like matches. You know, like we have mm-hmm. to do data entry. Yeah. Um, they technicians doing that, so I think it plays along to that to that point to that point quite well. Yeah. So I, th- I think that would be nice because then it can free you up to actually, you know, take the time you out with Mrs. Smith instead of, you know, having that borderline stress underneath where you need to make this conversation quick yeah, and get you it over with. feel the burn of the fire going <laughs> on you, right? <laughs> um, what about specifically, like, technology? Like, is there anything that stuck out with you that you've kind of either read about or seen where um, there's going to be a certain uh, impact on pharmacy that technology will have? Anything that kind of sticks out to you in that sense? So... For our job specifically here, I um, am wondering about, so we, we kind of do telehealth already. Like our job here is uh, only over the phone right now. I, I don't know if that will change and we'll do local things in the future. I'm not sure. But I'm wondering if it's going to change um, and include video as part of that. So maybe we can... Um, watch and help educate a patient that's doing their injections. Uh, you know, they've had the doc education and they're doing their injections for the first few weeks mm-hmm. by themselves. So that that's the technology thing I'm interested in is, is uh, how video is going to play into even what we do here because mm-hmm. we're all telephone-based. And I can't imagine that it's going to stay telephone-based. You know, I don't know if maybe someday there'll be incentives to make things videoed so you can 
get that sort of one-on-one. Yeah. And I don't know, when today's kids are old, like a video is going to be just, you know, video talking is going to be just as personal as talking face-to-face, yeah, right? Because yeah. that's what they're used to. And they're going to prefer it, too. Because, yeah. like, I don't want to stay home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's super interesting. And I think, um, you know, there's actually a lot of, I've had conversations with a lot of people that, you know, they're, they're, they're concerned with technology. It's like, well, what about the... What about the one-on-one? What about, like, the touch with the patient? But yeah. I've personally had experiences with some of my patients where I've built a relationship with them just through, through the phone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they've they felt my sincerity. They felt that I genuinely cared about them, and we've only had interaction on the phone. Um, so, I mean, yeah. being that, you know, Magellan is doing a lot of these programs through that, um, is that something that you're seeing is consistent, or do you think that there's still a lot of times are missing that one-on-one touch component? being being like in face-to-face you yeah. know you know i i think that maybe the hardest part for the pharmacists is just the transition into being used to face-to-face and then now having to be used to telephone but i think once they get used to that um or once we get used to that we are having really good conversations and building good relationships and sometimes for the right person I think sometimes they tend to open up more because they don't have maybe the intimidation of a face-to-face mm-hmm. conversation and they maybe feel like they can be a little more honest you know oh, on the other really side of the <laughs> about that actually. but on the other point. side of the you know paper I, I know that there are some people that are able to hide behind the phone you know and mm-hmm. just you know say whatever because there's you know you're not they're not talking to someone face to face what's the why would they be honest or who cares if they lie but we we are able to have really good conversations and make good relationships with people over the phone and sometimes even just from two or three talks the patients will trust us enough to call us back when they start a new medication and ask us about it mm-hmm. which um, the health plans like when we are when the patients are happy like that yeah. so and then it makes the pharmacist feel good too so so you know everyone goes home happy yeah yeah <laughs> cool well i sure did you know get a lot out of the conversation we had and um i hope yeah. that the listeners did as well and i thank you again for kind of taking the time to to be on here with me and if anyone wants to kind of continue the conversation or kind of follow up with you um to connect what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you um yeah you know i uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, and, yeah, and okay. so just as Matthew Brazier, I'm uh, probably if there's more than one Matthew Brazier, I'm the only one with bright orange hair. Yeah. I could probably guarantee. And you got to watch the video that we'll have of this <laughs> if you want to see what he looks like, so you can find his right picture on there. But I'll link that up in the show notes so people can uh, so people can find it. But yeah, Matthew, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Yeah, thanks it. for having me. This was fun. Hey, everyone. First of all, thank you so much uh, for being a listener, for being a subscriber and taking in all the content that we're putting out. And I really want to thank the folks over at Magellan RX for making this happen, uh, both to the pharmacist that uh, we interviewed in the series and also the marketing team over at Magellan. I really do appreciate you guys for uh, really making this come to life uh, for uh, for October Pharmacist Month. And uh, if you want to learn more about Magellan, what they're doing, visit them at MagellanRx.com. I'm going to link their uh, website information in the show notes below. And, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, definitely make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, We're on all those. And until next time, 
See you over the counter. Pharmacy.